Welcome to American Dreams, Keys to Success, with your host, Alan Olson. He's a Bay Area native. He's a successful businessman, well-connected, and a friend to all. He's been published and quoted in various media outlets. And he's been honored for his philanthropic contributions. Apple pie, baseball, and now here's All-American Alan Olson. Welcome back. Today we have Dixon Buxton. He's a senior director of Private Capital Corp. Joining us today, and Dick, I understand that your company encourages other companies to create jobs. We do. But why don't you give me some background about what your your company does? Well, we're in the uh, uh, private company investment banking field uh, in terms of helping private companies make a market for their stock. And uh, sometimes that's a private placement through uh, a, an employee stock ownership plan, uh, through a management stock ownership plan, through a private equity group, or a combination of all three. You know, I, I got to get involved with, uh, in this discussion, the government, all this government funding, because it, it seems like, uh, you know, there was a shift in terms of, a philosophical shift in terms of who's, problem this is, and uh, I've seen the government start to step in and start to take more control and, and spend more dollars. Where do you see the greatest uh, cause for concern or the areas that we can probably bring solutions to the table? Well, first, this is going to sound radical, but the, bur- the current system for granting unemployment benefits needs to be changed. Local community boards should interview applicants for low-interest loans while they're unemployed. Employers should have incentives to hire qualified employees so the loans can be repaid. There should be frequent personal conferences by local agencies with those getting loans and evidence provided that there were actual job interviews. Too many people only start looking for work as they get close to the cutoff date. They will turn down low-paying jobs that might lead to higher income later as their unemployment check is more than the new job pays. Now, another reason for high unemployment is in some states is, is the lack of mobility of many employees who have job skills but not in their community or state. Over 20 million homeowners with little or no equity in their homes but a roof over their head are reluctant to move to other parts of the nation where they might find work. So a commission should investigate ways the federal government can work with the states to solve this problem. You know, I think that's a great concept to turn it back to the states, make it their problem. Right. I had it recently, uh, I teach class, and one of the students came up to me, he's on unemployment, and he says, you know, the only reason I'm sitting in your class here today is because I have to go through this retraining program, and the government is going to give me my unemployment checks as long as I stay in school. (laughs) And I said, really? I said, well, what's so hard about getting a job? He says, he says, Alan, he goes, the money's too nice. You know, he says, he says, if I can stay here, he goes, I owe all these debts on my home mortgage. And he goes, and, and they can't do anything to me. They can't levy my unemployment check. And so he says, I'm just going to wait it out until my entitlements run out. In there you two go. Years. There you go. You know, uh, many of us uh, got our college education while we worked full-time jobs. With the large number of open universities and online courses, federal dollars to fund student loans should be curtailed. And also the practice you just talked about, paying people to be unemployed. 
Many high school graduates should get vocational training so they can acquire skills that are in demand. If they want a college education, their family can't or won't finance them, or they don't qualify for a scholarship, they should get this education the old-fashioned way and work for it. I saw an article recently in the Wall Street Journal that the unemployment is at a three-year low at 8.6%, down from 9% three years ago. And I think if you go back three and a half years ago, under the Bush administration, it was like 4%. So <laughs> needless to say, I, I think that uh, you know we're in a situation that's substantially above uh, where it has traditionally been. So, Dick, what would you do to lower the rate of unemployment today? Well, um, I'd cut operating expense, not jobs. Uh, in well-run companies that have created a partnering culture, ownership is shared by management, and there's no place slackers can hide. They'll shape up or they'll ship out. Many companies and government agencies have too many layers of management and more people than needed for many functions. Creative management with skin in the game can organize the company so that many functions are streamlined or eliminated, if not vital. Some functions are consolidated with employees responsible who know they must work hard and smart to keep their job. We've seen many hundreds of situations where new management breathes life into companies that were just surviving due to senior management staying long after they lost their effectiveness. Some senior officers slow down due to their age but some are less than competent but are protected by family ties to control shareholders. When a new CEO invests more than they want to lose, partner with a private equity group and a few other committed managers, we have seen great turnarounds. And in some cases, these companies pre-fund and employ stock ownership plan. They can become a market for the private equity group when they want to exit. These growth companies cut out all fat and become profitable so they can acquire other companies that are close to liquidation, thus saving jobs and opening new markets for additional opportunities. Uh, Dick, how, how serious of a problem do you think unemployment is? I think that unemployment could be solved very quickly if we stopped subsidizing unemployment. You, only, you, know, you get what you pay for, the golden rule. You pay people for not working, they're not going to work. And so, therefore, if you counsel them on how to find a job, if they need it, loan them some money, even without collateral up to a certain point. And beyond that point, they have to get someone else to co-sign. You know, I, I have to agree that, uh, you know, I think when, when the, price, the, the crisis has happened within the homes, uh, people should first look within their own family right. to try and solve these problems. Uh, who's going to have a better perspective and a love for the individuals. Uh, That's right. And if, and if you've raised a good family, that family is going to be taking care of you. I mean, I took care of my mother for as long as she lived. My dad had an accident. No way would I ever let society take care of my mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's pride. We have to instill pride again in America. It used to be if you were on the dole, you'd, you wanted no one to know about it. If you were taking welfare, no way. You did it quietly, secretly, except and, they wouldn't let you. Yeah, it's an you interesting had to go down and apply yeah. and then be humiliated. So people stayed away from that, and they mm -hmm. took jobs, just anything to earn money, and, and then they felt good about themselves. You have to feel good about yourself, or, or life is very miserable. You made that point in a program I, I watched. I, I think that, it, that that whole philosophy comes back in terms of uh, – 
you know, all you have in your life is your time. Right. And what you do with your time. And the person that, that spends half their life off on welfare or some type of entitlement program saying, I'm trying to get by, is missing the real picture and the experience of life right. itself. That's right. And you had mentioned that you would like to uh, create more jobs in a company without necessarily cutting spending. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, private capital starts out to, to determine whether we can help a prospective client at, and whether the company can be perpetuated or need a succession plan or must be sold and need a plan to get the company ready for sale to assure a fair price for the shareholders. Many companies go under because they don't really know what they're doing. Are they building the company to last and, and, and with a succession plan, or are they building the company to sell at a profit and move on to something else? We try to help them define that up front. We've created many unique ways to help a control shareholder make this decision, and one of them is our business life survey. Now, the problem is that many companies, like individuals, have health issues. Some issues are easily managed. Some chronic issues affect the quality of life, and more serious health issues can lead to premature death. Meanwhile, most business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs never take the time to objectively and honestly assess their business's true health. They're too occupied with fighting frontline fires, and some are in denial hoping, wishing, assuming that the sickness will go away. Haven't we all done that with our health? Well, CEOs in this kind of company are not hiring many new employees, even if, even if you could borrow money to do it. They just, they, they just, there's something dysfunctional with the company itself. The solution, business BLS, we call it, the Business Life Survey, is intended to shine a light on the truth of a business and give owners the information and courage to be proactive. The methodology is that we invented business life screening to give business owners an uncontaminated business health, an MRI for a business. We developed 10 simple statements. We ask an owner to rate these statements honestly. The written survey takes no more than a couple of minutes. The survey is evaluated by a private capital analyst who's like a profiler. He has no information about the company and makes a speculative analysis based solely on numbers. In this way, there's no bias. A few days later, we submit a business health score, and it's similar to what people know as a credit score. And the outcome, the survey costs nothing. We offer preliminary recommendations, and we also follow up with a call to answer questions and see if there's a need or a desire for the next steps. And the conclusion is that many companies die needless deaths. Many owners, after years of investment and work, never cash in at the level they should because they fail to act with the right steps at the right time. Those companies don't hire people. Now, one of the reasons that people can't seem to get a company uh, moving in the right direction is that they're trying to do it all themselves. They don't have bench strength in management. And eventually, we, we come to a, at a time when we say, can the company really be perpetuated? But they don't want to sell the company. They have a lot of employees. They like them. They just haven't been able to grow. And so we created a concept called Private Capital Partners. And for almost four decades, we've focused on creating a unique, a unique team of experts in all disciplines required for creating what, what we call immaculate succession. Succession of a, new co of a company may require both new capital, 
and a new CEO who can attract this capital. Create a partnering culture with all employees and be accepted by other company management, bankers, customers, and family shareholders who want to continue with partial ownership of the company. You've seen this in your practice, uh, Alan. When you invest more than you can afford to lose, you tend to learn the game. So there must be a search for a future CEO who will invest in the company. Management talent is just one of the attributes needed to run a private company, a mid-market private company. Willingness to invest their own money (coughs) in a company separates those with employee attitudes with those of an entrepreneur who's a very special breed. You're an entrepreneur. You understand that. (laughs) There are thousands of private equity firms who will invest in companies where senior management invests their own money. I've co-founded two private equity groups. One of them has invested close to $40 billion in the 30 years since it was founded. The other one was smaller, and and we we sent back half the money because we we didn't think we could invest it properly in the early 90s. I'm glad we did. The money we did invest paid off for our partners, so that was was the objective. And then we decided there's so much money chasing so few deals that private capital would be in the business of facilitating these things rather than investing in them ourselves. So many private equity groups are willing to make minority equity investments. We arrange financing for the rest of the capital needed with senior and subordinated debt. The private equity group will be partners with management and private capital as we will continue to assist the firm after the transaction. Members of our private capital alliance, staff, affiliates, consultants, clients, and advisory board members collectively have a large proprietary potential deal flow of mid-market companies built by CEOs who do not have a qualified successor on their senior management team. And that's the key. If you've got the right management in place, then you'll hire more people. You'll, you'll, you'll acquire smaller firms that are about to go out of business and, and, un, and cause unemployment, and you'll save the employment. That's what our nation needs. We need to have someone who has an entrepreneurial mindset like Mitt Romney who will attract thousands of people like him to get into every agency of government and streamline it and then go back to the private uh, uh, sector. We're, we're running up against a break here, but how do, how do people contact you for more information on these? Uh, well, we have, a, we have a beautiful website. Okay. It's privatecapitalcorp.com. All right, and they can just find the contact information and, on that. And they, they, look at, they look at contact us, and they'll see staff, and they'll see my name, and they click on my email, and I'm there. All right. Hey, Dick, it's been a pleasure having you here on the show today and uh, talking about job creation in America. We'll be right back after these messages. Protecting your family's health and welfare is a sacred trust. At Greenstein Rogoff Olson Company, we know that sound financial planning will protect them now and in the future. We're certified public accountants with tax services for the highly successful. For your business and your family, call GroCo. Greenstein Rogoff Olson Company will help you manage your financial affairs so you can focus on what's really important in life. GroCo, helping you along. 